Okay, I'm back with another um, translation piece. This week I'm doing Edmundo Paz Saldon um, and his piece titled Faulkner. Um, I do know a little bit about Faulkner. He was one of the authors we read for the later American literature class this semester, um, totally different class than this. Um, what I know about him is that he had um, a rivalry with Hemingway, which is totally fine because I do not like Hemingway. Um, I know that he's kind of a more um, rural author. He likes to write about um, what they would call regionalism um, during this time period. Um, the piece I read of his this semester was called Barn Burning about um, the Snopes family and the father that's like a horrible dad and he's burning down barns because he thinks people are disrespecting him when they're not. Um, but I don't even know if that's what this um, piece by Saldon is about. I think it's probably about something totally different, but we'll see when we get into it. Maybe it's not even about Faulkner, but just based on the title, that's what I was thinking. Um, so let's get in. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that last time I tried to read more of the last piece and it was a struggle for me. So I stopped at like line 35. I'm gonna to try to get through line 50. Um, and if I can get that far, I might try to push it to 65. Um, but starting the piece. After reading the letters that announced the cercania, don't know that word, of Natchez Trace, probably a person, a politician maybe, um, Jorge told his father that they had se hallaban a punto. Um, so ayar is one of those verbs that I keep running into that has like a million meanings. I've run into it meaning like it can become or be or be applied to or it can be thrown at. Um, usually it's some sort of like transitive something, but I'll have to look that up. Um, he had done something um, to enter in reverse and that the most convenient was Yanar. I don't think I've heard that word before, so I'm not writing it down. Um, to something the tanque, like the tank, probably. Um, his father assisted, no, assistio, assintio, assintar is probably the verb. Um, I'm going to look it up. It's something, probably something not good. Um, well, I found myself in that, in this country, um, he said, you decided. Jorge looked at him for an instant and supposed that that had not been the case that um, despite all his hopes or dreams, um, he never, he would never change. Ooh, okay. Um, even though he, he saw a, a, gasoline, a gas station, um, 
he diminished in speed. He diminished the speed. Um, <clears throat> um, one time, a pagato, um, one time, uh, a pagato is like on or lit, like a light, um, turned on the motor of the Chevrolet Cavalier, the red one. Um, Jorge asked his father if he wanted something. A packet of Marlboro. Mar I can't pronounce this. It's a name of a common cigarette. Marlboro. Um, under the car, um, he filled, he went under the car, he filled the tank, or no, he got out of the car. Um, he got out of the car, he filled the tank, and he entered the store. He got close to the cajera, which I is, assume is like the cashier. Um, I'm going to make sure, though. Uh, an obese woman that um, possessed, well, poesia. Posehia, that's a weird one, because it's almost like Poesia, um, like a unique and sufficient beauty exterior, exterior beauty. A pair of green eyes of conmovedora, I don't know what that is, but... Um, like shifty maybe so I'm thinking like cone with and then move is in there um with movement um intense lust maybe dulzura I feel like I've seen that word before and I just don't remember it Ooh, this part's in English so the in the story the characters are speaking English would that be all she asked um, Jorge ordered a pack of Mar Marlboros, um, after he paid. Have a nice day, you too, um, she responded. Leaving the store and, um, returning to the Chevrolet. It was hot, the humidity adhered, the shirt to his body <clears throat> the clouds had gone dispando oh dissipando i don't know what that one is dispando um a medida so to the middle that advanced the morning hmm. thanks Whole, uh, his father said and lit up a cigarette Jorge Reanudo La Marcha I don't know what that means I'm going to look that phrase up um, there we go Willie he said Jorge Obtained um, in four days the BA in 
periodismo and journalism, and his father um, had returned from Bolivia to attend the ceremony. Oh, that's cute. Um, with the little to see already seen in Huntsville, the city where he had attended university, that there's that IR verb again. See, I, I think it's a certain, like, dialectal use because some people that I've talked to, at least in Emporia, have never heard of the verb IR. And then in other texts I read and it's like every other verb. So I don't know what this verb history is, but it's interesting. Um, anyway, Jorge had proposed visiting Oxford, Mississippi um, to know the city that William Faulkner, to know the city of William Faulkner, right. Um, it was so, it was only four hours, it was only a four-hour drive. His father had accepted. Jorge had been excited, very excited with the idea, um, so much so that the tense happiness, tensa, I'm going to make sure that that's tense, but I don't know what else it would be. The tense happiness of re reuniting with his father of, and of the uh, uh, cercana, it's like upcoming, probably, upcoming graduation, um, had been passed for a moment to the second plane. Always... He had always wanted to visit the city and always something se lo había impedido and always something had stopped him um, of the writer that he adored most. A man whose example had incited a consumirse in noches um, had, had inspired him to consume during the nights and the dawns writing oh okay he was consuming himself he was himself consumed by writing um, and to dream with tornarse ooh I know that verb I think I've written that down before. Yeah, to return. Oh, to return the writer. Oh, I think he's wanting the writer to like come back to life because I think he's dead at this point. Um, pretty sure he was in like the 1930s and I don't know when this piece was written. It says 2006, so he's dead. Um, so he dreamt of the writer coming back to life someday. Um, but now in the Nachos Trace, um, I don't I still don't know what that is. Maybe it's that that's his high school or something. Um, going around the trees of pine and every time closer to Oxford, Faulkner 
had been found in some recodo, don't know that one, recodo, in some record maybe of his men, um, mente, which is like his brain or his mental capacity state, um, and his thoughts and sensations no idea, um, in turn to his father. Repeating a hesto. Ooh, I don't know what hesto is. I feel like I've seen that word before, but I don't remember. Repeating a something of childhood. He looked um, de reo. Ray Ojo, that's a weird one because it's Ojo, which is eyes, and eyes again. I don't know what that means. Like a double take, maybe? Um, is it always that you want to look de Ray Ojo again? Um, uh, for a time after receiving his call, three. Um, weeks back um, communicating with him that he would attend his graduation. Jorge had thought of the possibility of reconciliation. Ooh, so they've been estranged. Um, he had to have changed, um, he said, after after all, he is coming, I think. Está viniendo. Yeah, he is coming. Um, he had made plans that included large or long chats in a bar, in some bar. Uh, al calor. I don't know what that phrase means. Um, al calor of, of good jazz and um, cerveza, uh, beer of barrio. I don't know what barrio is. Um, he had told him, he, no, he would tell him of his plans and he would ask about his life. How had he had his childhood been? Had he participated in the revolution of 52? Um, how had living, no. How had his first love lived? Well, he's using a via vivido, so I think it's live, but like, I think he's trying to say, how had it gone? How, what was his first love like? And what was, what were his years of exile like in Buenos Aires? Um, had, did he still love his mother? Ooh. Um, there were so many uh, things that he could ask him that he felt 
avergonzado. Ooh, I'm thinking overwhelmed. But I'm gonna look it up anyway. Um, to know so little about him. Oh, okay. So he maybe felt like ashamed, maybe, to know so little about him. Yes, he had been an incapable imbecile of the first pass. Um, he remembered the afternoon in which he had hit the closed door of his despacho. I'm not sure what that one means. And a voice quebrada, quebrada, I'm not sure. Um, what was I? Um, burnt, maybe burned. No, that's Kemar. Um, the voice, the something voice asked him to respond that if, um, of course that yes. And when he opened the door, Jorge saw a rostro. Um, isn't rostro like, oh, I don't know, actually. I'm going to write it down. Rostro of inconsolable sadness. Oh, a face. It's a face. Idiot. I know that word. He saw a face of inconsolable sadness. But al rato, that, that phrase, something, where was I? I saw it somewhere. Okay, but al rato, uh, he felt the coins in his hand and he despidio. I know that word. Despedir. Despedir. I know the word, and I'm going to look it up anyway because I'm forgetting. Um, never more until now had he um, vuelto. Oh, heck. Had he come to remember that face? I think that's what he's saying. Um, the desolation was excessive in Nancha's trace. One of the other... No. One that other... Uh, cars de rato... Um, and de rato en rato. No idea. This rato thing. Um, one that other ardia. Don't know that one either. Um, to the borders of the, uh, street. Um, in strange and fascinating combination, 
um, tree, dry trees, the color of dust, um, uh, dig, dignos, that one, dig, it's like evident of, I think is what it's kind of trying to say, um, evident of autumn. They alternated with the splendor, the spring splendor of trees, prodigos, prodigos, something in green. Jorge um, had fallen asleep um, driving. Ooh, that's not good. Um, Returning to look at his father that in silence um, was smoking and contemplating the, um, the journey. He thought that if something uh, was sure, there, um, something was sure or safe, um, Era de no haber sido. He was not of having been him, the um, the guilty of who oh, distanciamiento. I know what he's trying to say, which is like the, but I don't know the actual um, noun version in. English. It's like he had been guilty of the distancing, I think is what it's kind of translating to. He remembered the found in the airport or the search in the airport. No, the encuentro. I'm going to look up encuentro just because maybe it has a different meaning. Um, the frugal hug, the Escasas palabras, the something words, um, he remembered those two following days until the, um, today, the retorno, retorno, or I haven't looked that up before. Um, the retorno of that sensation in the imminencia, eminence of a communication that always had, that they always had, that he always had, when he had found himself with his father. Communication that very few times he realized or he actually did i think realized as in like went through with in general the elusivity um no la elusividad elusivity um the had governed them uh the words that were not said the Feelings that were not expressed. He 
had not uh, done it because he hoped that his father would take initiative. And his father, why had he not done it? To return, no, veneer. Veneer is something else. I keep forgetting what veneer is, but I'm going to write it down. Um, how veneer, until then, um, or until there, um, he had not done it, done it. That had been the first conclusion, but now Jorge could not um, do anything less than think that his father had decided to attend the graduation because Apostle, I know Apostle, because perhaps, that's the one, perhaps, um, he believed that he was obligated to be present at it. Ooh, interesting. Um, it's been going on for a while. I feel like I could probably go on more, but I'm going to stop there just because this one is getting a little long and I've gotten to line 65. So I'm going to stop and um, look up the words that I didn't know and do another pass. Okay, I've looked up the words that I didn't know, and now I'm ready to do a second pass. Let's go. Um, after reading the letters that announced the proximity of Nacho's trace, um, Jorge told his father that he had found the point to enter in reverse, and that the most convenient was to fill the tank. And that was the most convenient to fill the tank. Um, his father um, parked, I think is what that one translates to. A centaur um, is kind of a multiple meaning thing, but it's kind of like to set, to place, lay down. You're in a place and you're situated. So I'm thinking to park. Um, while I found myself in this country he said you decide Pais. well while i find myself in this country you decide jorge looked at him for an instant and supposed that that had not been the case that even that despite all of his uh wishes he never would change um perhaps no but hardly before he saw the gas station he started slowing down um one time apagado um the, the moment he turned off the motor of the Chevrolet Cavalier, the red Chevrolet Cavalier, Jorge asked his father if he wanted anything, a packet of Mar Marlboros. Um, he got out of the car, he filled the tank, and he entered the store. 
Um, he got closer. He got. He approached the cashier, an obese woman that uh, possessed, um, like a unique and sufficient exterior beauty, a pair of green eyes, green eyes that were touching, intense sweetness. Would that be all? She asked. Jorge ordered a, a packet of Marlboros. Um, he afterwards he paid. Have a nice day. You too. He responded, leaving the store and returning to the Chevrolet. Um, it was hot. The humidity adhered the shirt to his body. The clouds had gone. Um, had uh, been dispersed dispelling to the median that advanced the morning um that uh like as the morning got um as the morning advanced the clouds dispelled um thanks said his father and started and lit a cigarette jorge um resumed the speed there we go willie uh he said jorge um uh had obtained in three days the ba in uh journalism and his father had come from bolivia to attend the ceremony with the little to see that they hadn't already saw in Huntsville, the city where um, the university was situated. Jorge had proposed a, uh, a trip to Oxford, Mississippi to know the city of William Faulkner. It was only four hour drive. His father had accepted. Jorge had been excited had been very excited with the idea, so much so that the tense happiness of um, reuniting with his father and of the um, the impending graduation had passed the moment um, of the second plan or a plane. He had always wanted to visit the city and something had always stopped him um, of the author that he most admired. The, the man whose example had incited him to be consumed in the nights and the um, mornings writing and to dream that um, to dream of the author coming back to life someday. But now in the Nunches Trace, um, surrounded, um, surrounded by pine trees and um, every time closer to Oxford, Faulkner had um, escondida he had found had been found in some 
record of his memory and his thoughts and sensations. Um, prowl, uh, he had prowled on in turn to his father. I'm not sure if that one makes sense, but me, uh, merodeaba means to prowl. Um, I'll have to look into that a little bit more. Um, repeating the expression of his childhood, he looked um, out of the corner of his eye. He, um, are you, is he always looking, is he always, oh no, does he always have to look out of the corner of his eye? For a time after receiving the call, three weeks back um, communicating that he would attend the graduation, Jorge had been thinking of the possibility of reconciliation. He had to have changed, he said, after, after everything, after all, um, he was coming. Um, he, he had made, he made plans that included long chats in a bar, um, to the heat of good jazz and um, beer out of the barrel. Um, he would tell him his plans and he would ask him about his life. How had his childhood been? Um, had he participated in the revolution of 52? Um, how had, what was his first love like? And what, um, what were his years of, and what of his years of exile in Buenos Aires? Um, did he still love his mother? The, there were so many things that he could ask him that he felt ashamed to, to know so little of him. Yes, he had been an in, incapable imbecile um, the first time. He remembered the afternoon in which he had hit the door, the closed door of his office, um, and a voice, um, ooh, I don't think I got the right translation there, quebrada is, well, quebrada as a noun is like a gorge or a ravine, but I don't think that's right. Let me just quick translate that again or maybe it's like k brar to break or go bankrupt to bend okay so his broken a, a broken voice asked him what he wanted ooh okay that's better and he said that if he could give a few pesos for the um, for the movies, and the voice responded that yes, of course he could. And when he opened the door, Jorge saw a face of inconsolable sadness, but the face. Um, but no, al rato. But shortly after, um, he felt the coins in his hand, and 
um, he said goodbye. Uh, never more until now had he um, had he come back had he come to remember that face. That's right. Um, the desolation was excessive in Nancha's trace. Um, one that other auto, autos from time to time, um, one that other squirrels. I'm not sure what he's trying to say there. I'll have to like try that again. Um, to the borders of the road, in um, strange and fascinating combination, the dry, um, dusty, no, the dry, dust-colored trees um, worthy of autumn alternated with the uh, spring splendor of, of lavish trees in green. Jorge found himself asleep at the wheel. Um, returning to look at his father that in silence was smoking and contemplating the um, journey, he thought that if something had, something was sure was to not, uh, this is that sentence that I'm not sure about, he thought that if of something he was sure it was of his not having been at fault for the distance. Okay, I see. I had to break that down a little bit more. Um, he remembered the meeting at the airport, the frugal hug, the... Um, Escasas, again, I don't think I translated that right. It translated as escar, and no, escasar, which is like to set a broken bone. I don't think that's what is applied here. Um, escasa. Scarce words, that's the right one. Okay. The scarce words. He remembered the two days following until um, after, uh, no, until today, um, the return of that sensation that the eminence of a communication um, he had always had when he uh, found himself with his father. Communication that um, few times he realized, was realized. In general, the elusivity, um, elusivity governed them. The words that were not pronounced, the sentiments that were not expressed, he had not done it be, uh, because he hoped that his father would take the initiative. And his father, why had he not? Um, to come here, I think, yeah, Alvanir hasta acá, to come here, um, why had he not done it? 
that had been uh, the first conclusion, but now Jorge could not, could do nothing less than think that his father had decided to attend the graduation because um, perhaps he believed that he was obligated to be present at it. So this is an interesting story. I'm feeling the um, strangeness of the relationship between the father and son and how his father, like, he's never been close to him. He didn't even know about his childhood. Um, but at some point in his childhood, he remembered, you know, having this uh, vision of him. He had seen his sadness. So I think it's more than he's just a deadbeat dad. I think it's more, um, more like he was struggling emotionally or such. So I'll come up with an interpretation and do a final pass. Okay, so I've read through the piece again, and I'm ready to do, present my final interpretation of the piece and do a little bit of analysis. Um, after reading the signs that announced the proximity of Nancha's trace, Jorge told his father that they were about to enter the reservation and that the most con convenient thing was to fill the tank. His father parked. While I'm in this country, he said, you decide. Jorge looked at him for an instant and knew that there was no point, that despite all his hopes, he would never change. He hardly saw the gas station before slowing down. Once the engine of the red Chevrolet Cavalier was off, Jorge asked his father if he wanted anything, a pack of Malaboro. He got up, out of the car, filled the tank, and entered the store. He approached the cashier, an obese woman that possessed an almost unique and sufficient exterior beauty, a pair of poignant green eyes, intensely sweet. Would that be all, she asked. Jorge ordered a pack of Malaboros. Afterwards, he paid. Have a nice day. You too, he responded, leaving the store and returning to the Chevrolet. It was hot, the humidity causing his shirt to stick to his body. The clouds had been dissipating as the morning pro progressed. Thanks, his father said, and he lit a cigarette. Jorge resumed the journey. There we go, Willie, he said. In in four days, Jorge received his BA in journalism, and his father had come from Bolivia to attend the ceremony. With the little to see that hadn't already been seen in Huntsville, the city where the university was situated, Jorge had proposed a trip to Oxford, Mississippi, the city of William Faulkner. It was only a four-hour drive. His father had accepted. Jorge had been very excited with the idea, so much so that the tense happiness of the reunion with his father and the impending graduation had been put for a moment in the background. He had always wanted to visit the city, and something had always stopped him, of the writer that he most admired, and the, of the man whose example had encouraged him to be consumed in the nights and dawns writing and to dream of bringing the author back to life one day. But now, in Nancha's Trace, Surrounded by pine trees and getting closer to Oxford with every mile, Faulkner had been hidden in some corner of his mind, and his thoughts and feelings roamed around his father. Repeating an expression from his childhood, he looked at him out of the corner of his eye. Does he always have to look out of the corner of his eye? 
for a time after receiving the call three weeks ago telling him that he would attend his graduation, Jorge had thought of the possibility of reconciliation. He had to have changed, he decided after all. Or he decided, after all, he's coming. He made plans that included long chats in some bar, surrounded by good jazz and beers from the barrel. I said, I spelled bears. Anyway, he would tell him of his plans and would ask him about his life. How was his childhood? Had he participated in the revolution of 52? What was his first love like? And what of his years of exile in Buenos Aires? Did he still love his mother? There were so many things that he could ask that he felt ashamed to, to know so little of him. Yes, he had been an imbecile incapable of, t of the first step. He remembered the afternoon in which he had knocked on the closed door of his office and a broken voice asked him what he wanted. And he asked if he could give him a few pesos for the movies. And the voice responded that yes, of course. And when the door was opened, Jorge saw a face of inconsolable sadness. But shortly after, he felt the coins in his hand and said goodbye. Nevermore, until now, had that face returned to his memory. The desolation was excessive in Nancha's trace. One car from time to time, one other times a squirrel. On the sides of the road, in strange and fascinating combination, dry trees in dusty colors worthy of autumn alternated with the spring splendor of lavish trees in green. Jorge found himself asleep at the wheel. He returned to look at his father, who in silence smoked and contemplated the drive. He thought that if of something he was sure, it was that he had not been at fault for the distancing. He remembered the meeting in the airport, the frugal hug, the scarce words. He remembered the two days following until today, the return of, a, of the sensation, of the imminence of a conversation that he always had when he found himself with his father, a conversation, a conversation that few times ever happened. In general, they were governed by elusivity. The words were not said, the feelings not expressed. He had never done it because he hoped that his father would take the initiative, and his father, why had he not done it? Coming all the way here, hadn't he taken the initiative? That had been the first conclusion, but now Jorge couldn't help but think that his father had decided to attend the graduation because perhaps he thought that he was obligated to be present at it. So there's a lot to unpack in this story already. And what I'm seeing is that um, they, this, this kid has been going to university and while he's at university, his father has been living in Bolivia. And it seems like he's been in Bolivia for most of his uh, life because he doesn't know much about him. And the last, or what I assume is one of the last memories that um, Jorge has of his father is um, like asking for money for the movie theater and his father opening the door and just looking super sad and broken. Um, and I wonder what happened to him. Um, that made him look this way. And I think Jorge also wonders that. Um, but he doesn't have other, like, memories. He doesn't have information about his father. Um, I suppose if he lived with his mother um, while his father was gone, then his mother never talked about him. Um, and he's always been meaning to have this conversation with him, but he's not 
taken the initiative. He was hoping that his father was going to start up this conversation about his past and all these questions and stuff, but his father never did. So it was kind of up to Jorge to start the conversation. Um, but otherwise, this uh, passage of the story is a narration of um, their driving to um, Oxford, Mississippi. Um, and they're going through this reservation. I think it's like an Indian reservation. Um, and that's kind of where this part of the story takes place. I don't think that really has much significance because it's kind of just a place that they're going through. It's not part of their um, end goal or anything else. Um, but this is where they stop for gas. Um, and when they stop for gas um, and his father says like, you know, while I'm in this country, it's it, you get to decide things and passes off the responsibility to his son. And I think that's very telling. It's um, kind of his way of saying, if you want to have that conversation, you have to bring it up. Speaking of Jorge um, and Jorge kind of uh, realizes like, Oh, this is my father. This is, he's not going to change. I've wanted him to change for a while and he's not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. And um, it's, it's not worth the effort. Um, no vale la pena um, to try to reconcile it with his father. Um, but I think there's still some depth to his father that he's curious about and that I think he needs to understand. Um, so I'm sure throughout this, um, story. It's like similar to what I would think of as a, a coming of age story that I usually read of women, but it's, it's obviously a male protagonist. Um, but it's like this realization that you're passing from adolescence to adulthood. And, um, you know, it's, it comes with that realization that your parents are also people, that they're not just um, this figure of parents that don't have any background or don't have any history before you came into the picture. Um, and I think Jorge is realizing that, you know, his father is a person. There was something to his life. He had his own demons to deal with. And um, as a child, you don't really realize that. You just kind of think of your parents as parents, and that's about it. Um, but he's having this coming-of-age moment where he's realizing that there's more to his father than what he has experienced thus far in his life. And um, it's really interesting the way um, Saldone writes, because um, it feels like a lot of run-on sentences with comma splices um, and a very interesting way of writing. Um, I, I, I want to say that it feels like he's imitating Faulkner in this um, in this story, because it's it's actually really interesting. The story that I read, Barn Burning, kind of has the same feeling. Um, Barn Burning by Faulkner has the same feeling of this distance between a father and a son and realizing that his father is not going to change. And that's so interesting that that was the story that I read and that I'm reading this, and it happens to have parallels. Um, but like similar to this story in barn burning um this young boy is with his father and um 
his father has to like continuously move the family around because his narcissism prevents him from being a subordinate, but he has to be a subordinate in order to earn money. So it's the cycle of um, maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll actually stay with this job for a little bit. Um, Maybe he won't go into a frenzy and burn everybody's barns down. And at the end of the story, you know, he doesn't change. And the kid realizes that and says like, wow, this is my father. And he's not going to change. He's going to be like this always. And I just have to deal with it. This is just going to be my life. And I think Jorge is going through a very, very similar um, narration of this realization. It's interesting, the parallels that are drawn between um, the story by Faulkner and this experience by a real life boy named Jorge, or at least within the context of this story. I don't know if Jorge is based on an actual person or this story is based on an actual person, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but I think the parallels are very interesting and there could be a, a very interesting comparison to draw between the whole story and such. Um, but um, I mean, one more comparison I could draw is the characterization of the father, just from this little bit. His father is like closed off. He's um, quiet, contemplating, um, maybe sullen. Um, and in Barn Burning, the father, Mr. Snopes, is the same way. He's um, quiet, reserved, but he's he's got a, a quiet anger to him. Um, different than what I see in this father. The father's quietness kind of is brought about by sadness, it seems, versus Mr. Snopes in Faulkner's story that is very angry all the time and, and self-righteous. Um, so I think it's a comparison, but also a contrast between the fathers. Um, and, you know, perhaps this character is just trying to find parallels between his story and story of Faulkner um, and this it's kind of an imagined parallel maybe that's uh, uh, an angle I could take on this um, this story but either way I, I do see the parallels and I understand why it's called Faulkner and I think it's interesting the way it's presented as um, this coming-of-age story um, and I'd be interesting, interested to read more into it. I actually did pretty good with this language. Um, it's a lot more modern. It's 2006. So I think it's a lot more um, my speed in terms of understanding the Spanish. Um, and that makes sense. So I've got one more story to do um, next week. And then I will be done with this project. And um, that'll be it. So, okay. All done.